0: going well, but it is good to to be here outdoors on another incredible Sunday. Uh, Temperatures are going to skyrocket in just a little bit, Uh, so I promise to get you out uh, sooner than later. A couple of quick, quick announcements um, that I have for you this morning. When you came in, you were given a little flyer uh, uh, like this, Uh, not as big, but a little smaller, and basically, we are uh, on the 30th. Uh, we have coordinated to do a blood drive uh, here at our campus uh, right after Sunday service, and so uh, I think this is the first first the first one we have done uh, since we launched here. And uh, we're partnering with a great organization called West Coast Blood Center, and they're going to be here. They're going to bring their trailer here, and um, hopefully, we will. Uh, all of us will sign up uh, to, to donate blood. You have, you can make an appointment right there. It's on there to make an appointment. Uh, just uh, go to their website and just reserve. There, you'll see our location on that day, uh, and uh, they'll get you set up uh, for that day. It's a, it's a great uh, day to be a part of the community, contribute to, to uh to love and serve our community as best as we can, and and so uh, on that day, August 30th, uh, from 10 to 3, uh, we'll have the, the 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 blood drive going on. And so, if you have family and friends, uh, that would uh, that's a great way to segue them into church. Hey, you want to come to church? Do you want to give blood? You know, how, you choose whichever one you want. Uh, but uh, I want to encourage you to invite your family and friends. Also on that day, uh, I have a sweet treat for you. Uh, we're bringing in a, uh, a local uh, business uh, called Paleta, and uh, which is just Popsicle. And they're going to come out, and we're going to have Popsicle for everyone on that day. Uh, just another way we can support a local community uh, business here uh, as they try to do their best during this uh, season. And a portion of those sales uh, goes to missionaries uh, that they're supporting uh, around uh world and so I want to encourage you to uh, mark that on your calendars that is happening again on Sunday, August 30th, alrighty, so without further ado, let's jump into, I want to take off my shades here because I want you to see my eyes uh, and I uh, want to give a welcome to my tailgate families out there, welcome to the, welcome to the party, yes, uh, it's always good to to see you and and to our tent people bring your own tent. I love I love the the tailgate and the and the tent people because they're getting more and more comfortable as the weeks as the weeks go by. They get more and more comfortable. Soon they're gonna start bringing furniture, right? The fridge is gonna pop out uh, out of their car, and um, I love it as long as they're sandwiched in there for me. We are good. Alrighty, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but. Um, Uh, I'm going to just share their business like that because that's what pastors do. Uh, But uh, the Sosa family um, has had some changes over the summer. They actually moved. They used to live across the street from me, and they actually moved all the way to Bakersfield, right? And so when you see them here, they have trucked from Bakersfield to come to church on Sunday. And so I appreciate you guys. I love having you guys with us because immediately I was I was bummed out. They told me they were moving, and I was like, "Oh man, I love that family, and they're moving." And and so I said, "Man, you you, you know, can I help you find another church? We're gonna miss you." And be like, "Oh no, Pastor, we're still coming." We're still coming, and I thought that was incredible. And so I appreciate that the reach all the way down to Santa Clarita, but uh, Bakerfield is far. It's not around the corner. Uh, but I do appreciate that. All right, so let's jump into uh, this morning. I want to greet all of our Facebook viewers who are alive. You're in the comforts of your AC uh, with Pastor Pillow and Sister Blanket, uh, and I and I and I get that. I, that's, that's that's kudos to you. You know how many I was called yesterday. They were like, "Oh, Pastor." Um, we're going to cancel uh, our, our, our our in-person reservation. We're going to do online. I was like, oh, why? Like, it's going to be hot, Pastor. <laughs> and so I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your honesty. And so we welcome you, uh, all those that are watching us online. Uh, we hope that uh, you're comfy and you've eaten breakfast uh, and uh, you're ready to rock and roll. So it is good to be back here with all of you. Uh, we missed you last week. We were uh, out in hot and muggy Georgia, and uh, it was the first time I've ever been to Georgia. Dropping Maddie in the woods somewhere for college—literally um, in the woods. It's like it's like when you don't have sidewalks, right? And and there's nobody has fences, right? And the door doesn't get locked that night. You're in the woods somewhere, all right? Um, and, um, and yes, I'm in a season of lamenting. I'm in a season of lamenting. If, if you care to know, um, I haven't, uh, I've lost a lot of sleep over the last several days. And so I'm accepting all breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner, uh, you know, um, even snack donations that uh, you want to send my way. It's been that bad. Uh, uh, it, it, if you think you get used to it. Um, you know, you've already gone through it with my oldest. Uh, six years later, I'm going through it with Maddie. And uh, Maddie, I, I had not even put her first piece of luggage uh, in her room. And I was already swallowing up in tears. Um, and um, a funny story with that is we we, we came in and, and and we got there. And after the first day, I was like, Maddie, you ready to stay? She goes, no, Dad. I'm coming back to the hotel with you guys. And I said, okay, come back. And then... Um, the next day, Monica says, do you think that um, that Maddie's going to want to come back? I'm like, no. Once she gets to meet somebody, she's staying. Sure enough, first roommate came in, hi. She was like, she hugged him. And she didn't, I haven't seen her since. <laughs> and so navigate during this, Jesus, uh, during this season. But last Sunday, as we were watching over 3,000 miles away, Pastor Dave did an incredible job, Right. He did an incredible job. And um, so I want to do this. I want to do this. Um, I was so blessed by so many of your text messages, uh, your, your messages that you sent on social media, that I want to return the favor. Right? I want to return the favor. I want you guys to just express your thankfulness for him coming out and uh, bringing his family, his friends, his uh, church people, uh, for him coming out here. And I want to ‑‑ he's probably sleeping and so I want to I want to I want to flood his his social media and his text phone. So on the screen here, for those of you watching us on social media on Facebook, you can find him as Dave Stewart, right? Dave Stewart. You can find him on on Facebook, on Instagram. He is uh, Dave Michael Stewart. And for those of you here, you want to text him. This number's on the screen there. Right? I'm not going to blurt it out there, but uh, the numbers are on the screen there. And so I want you to, and, and don't do something, you know, creepy, all right? <laughs> Tell him you're from Southfield, Santa Clarita, and you appreciate uh, him coming out and blessing you uh, last week. But let's just flood. I'm going to do the same thing right now. So I'm going to send him uh, a text message here. And so I want him to, I want his phone to never stop ringing today, all right? So uh, let's do that. Let's write to him. Dave, you are the man. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for stepping in last week. Enjoy what's to follow. All right? Everybody did their part? All right, he should be receiving that right now. All right, Dave, enjoy it, buddy. All righty, so we are right in midway point uh, of this incredible series, uh, our summer series on the core values of Southfields, Santa Clarita, and a series that answers the questions of who we are, right, what are our priorities, why do we do what we do, and where do we get these ideas from? And I love this series because it's basically an intro to South Hills Church. None of our other campuses do anything really different or deviate, have the same heart. We just, some are more fluffier than others, right? You didn't get that one. All right, we'll keep rolling, right? Um, And so this is us. This series is about us. And so our sixth core value is we give up things we love for things we love even more. We give up things we love for things we love even more. And this, this value is about intentionality, right? It's about priority and commitment. It's about being determined to sacrifice for what matters most, right? For what matters most. At the core of this value is the idea that we all love lots of things, but we don't love them all equally, right? We all love lots of things, but we don't love them all equally. Whether we realize it or not, we all have a hierarchy of love or a love scale. Uh One, two, three, you know, to ten on the things that we love, some are are at the very top of that list, and so we, we we kind of focus and put our attention and we love them the most, and somehow are on the lower end, right? We love some things more than others. But the question this morning is, do we recognize it, number one, number two, can we admit that? right, that these things fall at at this scale, at this level, and are we proud of it? Are we proud of where we kind of place these love things? For example, many of you who know me know that I love pizza. Pizza, it it is my favorite food. Pizza is my favorite thing to eat. But I also love my firstborn, Janelle. Right, who's here with us this morning? Um, and as you will quickly notice, as many of you already know, some of you have never met her, she gets all the beautiful looks from her mama. Talked about it yesterday, right? Um, but obviously, pizza is more important. Pepperoni before tiaras is, is how I see it. Even, <laughs> even when we're not aware of it, we're already. We are already making a million little decisions every single day that tell the story of what we love more and are most aligned and gravitated to. Every decision that we wake that that we make every day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, every little decision you make kind of kind of nudges or lines yourself up with the things that you love most so for example if you wake up and the first thing that you think about is coffee chances are coffee is on the top of your priority list if the first thing you think about is pizza then chances are pizza is at the very top but here's here's the problem we often pretends we love certain things more than we actually do. We want to believe that our priorities are right and are in line, but our behavior doesn't really back it up. Say, oh yeah, do you know that I love this? And this is, this is number one thing in my life. This is the thing, this is how I roll. This is what I do. This is the most, this is me but your actions don't line up with your words. We say things, of course my kids are more important than my job. How dare you suggest otherwise? It's always family first, everybody knows that. Do I stay late at work? Have I missed most of, this, of their soccer games because I was texting back and forth with my boss from the sidelines? Do I lose my temper with my children mostly because I'm upset about something that happened at work? Do I give the best part of my day to my job and not to my family? Sure, technically I, I do those things, but that doesn't mean anything. And I, 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 I I need to be fit I need a I need to be live a healthy life uh, you know and and but I, let's stop at McDonald's first or let's stop at the pizza shop or let's indulge in these things right we say these things that are important but our actions are running to the opposite side of the of the scale here There's an old saying that says actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. And so my question here is, is what you say you love the most the same thing you show the most love to? Do you show the most love to the things that you say are the most important? And I think this morning, that's a a good question for us to ask ourselves. Is what you say you love the most, the same thing you show the most love to? So what do you do when you realize the honest answer to this question isn't what you want it to be? Let's jump into some scripture this morning and, and see what the word of God has to say. You have your Bible. You can turn it to Mark chapter ten. We're going to start at verse seventeen. As Jesus was starting out, his, uh, out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, "Good teacher, what must I do to inter- inherit inter- eternal life? Why do you call me good?" Jesus asked. "Only God is truly good, but to answer your question, you know the commandments." You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Verse 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, at this, <clears throat> at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Now you've probably read this story once or twice, but I find it interesting the last line where it says, his face fell. Now, we don't take that literally, right? And the attack of the umbrella is coming our way. We don't take that literally, but it does give you an idea of how this man was feeling. He walks away sad because he just had this realization that his priorities aren't as noble as he wants them to me, wants them to be. And he's probably not going to change them. He went to Jesus because he had this sinking feeling that something about him was off, an emptiness. there was a void. Now, he knows exactly what it is. Jesus lays it down on the table for him and how to address it but he also knows that he's not going to. He also knows that he doesn't want to. What if you're not that much different than this man? What if you are in life in order to to be happy, in order to be at peace, in order to, to receive God's grace, You know what to do, but you just don't want to do it. What do you do then? Sometimes (laughs) we plead with God to give us an answer that we already know. God, I need you to answer me. And God said, I already told you. I know, but I don't like that one. I don't like that answer. I want something different. So we keep looking for another one, right? Right? Listen, it's not that we don't know the answer. It's that we don't like the answer. Shabbat. some morning, because you don't want to admit it this morning. But a, a lot of us have said that to God. God, I, I, I heard you, but I, I don't. Can you give me something different that better suits my needs? And so the process of so the emptiness of having gained the whole world and lost our soul, but we also li- don't like to reclaim our soul. When people question our priorities, we often get defensive, right? We say things that like, you don't know me. You don't know what according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, it says, wherever... So where is your treasure, church? Where is your treasure? Because when you show me your treasures, I will show you the desires of your heart. Luke chapter six, verse 45 says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So what comes out of your mouth has already been created and built inside of your heart. I think the NIV translation says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Some of us are more in love with our opinions Our sense of security, our political parties, our comforts, our relationship status, the way we are perceived by others. We're so consumed by the outside that it or we fail to realize how it has impacted the inside. But only one thing can occupy that spot. One thing. All of our other loves ultimately bow to the one big love in our lives. So what is that big love? What is that, that big love for you? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So now we've moved up the love scale here and we've gotten to the number one spot. He singles it out because it is the biggest competitor for your heart. We think if I had unlimited money, we've probably said this before, if I hit the lotto, if I only had paid this amount of money, if I only had these things, right, I'd be happy. And the fact that the phrase feels more real to us than if I had unlimited access, right? uh, uh, Access to an approval from God, I'd be happy is proof enough. Nobody goes around and says, oh, if God would only approve of what I'm doing in life, if God would only continue to guide my steps, I'll be the happiest person. No, we say things like, man, if I had, the riches of this world, I can get this and I could that. And then I'd be really happy. Then you see me smile. What would it even look like if someone put God first? Ever thought about that? What would it even look like if someone put God first in the way they communicate, in their actions, and in their spending? Church, this morning, I'm not trying to convict anyone here. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. But I am, my heart is to to bring light to this core value for us. What would it look like if someone put God first in the way they expressed and communicated themselves, in their actions, the way they went about doing life and in their spending? Acts four thirty two says all the believers were united in heart and in minds, and they felt that what uh, they felt that what they owed, owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Verse thirty four and thirty five says there were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Wow. That's revolutionary. That is challenging and convicting all in one. And what's crazy is that that what you may want to discount, right? Because some of us don't like reading this scripture. Some of us quickly read by it. Because we don't want that to fall on our hands. We don't want to be savvy and smart to that, right? Because once we get it, It becomes knowledge. And once you know, like G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle. Once you know, now you should be doing, right? So we don't want to grab onto the scripture because it says, those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give those in need. Oh, I don't like that, Pastor is a dollar. This is incredible. It gives us a glimpse of what the priority was for the first believers. These early Jesus followers acted as if they genuinely believed that fulfillment is found in trusting God over money by trusting God with their money. Now, I don't know if you trust God with your money. Because that is, that's huge. To trust and believe God with the resources that you have. But the Bible is very clear in this, that every good and perfect thing that we have comes from his hand. And those resources, the money that you have is provided by God. Oh, but pastor, I work hard. I went to school. I have a trade. I am educated. Yeah, but God has provided you every step. He's been with you along the way. The skills and the talents that you have are because of him. If we were to expose this philosophy solely based on their actions, it would be live simply so that you can pull your money to better the community. Just yesterday, South Hills Church, being led by our Burbank's campus, provided meals for 500 Families, 500 families that's incredible. People partnered with us in order to be a blessing to their community. Many of you gave your resources, many of you purchased food to give. Live simply so that you can pull your money to better the community. And yesterday, South Hills Church bettered the community of Burbank. Another way you can say this exact phrase is that we give up things we love for things we love even more. That's our core value. We give up things we love for things that we love even more. Janelle, I'm giving up pizza because I love you more. (laughs) And listen, if you don't put your loves in order, like I just did right now, I put my loves in order. If we don't put our loves in order, God has a way uh, of waking you up to this reality. The universe always eventually realigns everything. Jesus tells the story to this effect in Luke chapter 12, the parable of the rich fool. In verse 16, it says, Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all the crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, drink, eat, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this (laughs) very night. That's very." That's very direct. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Verse 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Who's going to get what you had when you're gone? Who's going to get it? Everyone. You should have given it to when you were alive. Right? The idea here is that God is going to figure out how to bless your community, but are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to be a part of it? And are you going to be fulfilled through your part in it? Because in order to get fulfilled, you got to be a part of it. In order to impact your community, you got to. You got to come to the table and say, here I am. I'm ready to do my part. Or is God going to have to work around you to do it? I remember in Puerto Rico, in the Puerto Rico campus, I showed the video of a person who, uh, a lady who was ready to give God full authority of her life, full control. And there was the one seat, and this is the the seat that that said, "This seat gives you authority." And Jesus would come in, and and she'd say, "Jesus, you have the seat. I give you my life. I give you authority. What you say goes." And every time Jesus would would try to sit, in, she'd jump in and push him off. And then she's like, "Oh wait, my fault, my fault, my fault." You know, uh, God, Jesus, it's your seat. You're in control. Use me, you, you know, I'm here for you. And every time Jesus would go in and she would just scoop in. And I found that so real for people who, who love Jesus. There's so many times that we want to tell God, God, use me. What I have is yours. You've given it to me, put it into play. I, I, wanna, I wanna be a servant. I wanna love, I wanna give. And every time the opportunity comes, we, we jump back in and we wanna take control. So let me wrap this up this morning. Here's the bottom line, church. Don't be that person sitting alone next to a giant barn with grain that's rotting, going bad, instead of giving it to benefit those who really need it. Don't be the ones who come to the end of their life only to realize they've loved the wrong things way too much. And now it's too late. But pastor, that, that's, that's hard to do. Easy to say and hard to do. I get it. I get it. It's hard to do because we live in a culture that doesn't prioritize wealth. We live in a culture that tries to try to tell you how to live your life. What to put number one. And that number one is always yourself. What Jesus came to teach us. Which means if we rely on what we feel like doing in the moment based on what's going on around us, we're probably going to make a lot of regrettable decisions. If we go about living our life saying, me, 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 right? Me, me, me. It's me first. If This benefits me. How does this work in my favor? What am I going to get out of it? If we go about making the choices under that headline, how does this benefit me? On the tail end of life, we're going to sit and say, man, I wish I had not made that decision. I wish I would have focused more on my love scale. So, what do we do or what can we do? I want to encourage you this morning to predecide your priorities. Don't wait for that moment to come up and say, okay, I'm gonna make you number one now that you're in front of me. Predecide. In order to think, in other words, think about what are what should your priorities be. Where should you focus your your time, your resources? Set that in order first. Determine who and what deserves the best of your love. And then build regular rhythms into your life that back up your words and actions. You want to build your relationship with Jesus, then begin, just don't talk about it, begin to do something about it. Begin to implement things that will help you grow your walk with Jesus. Because it's, it's simple. It's simple to say, I go to church. Because my next follow-up question is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Oh, it is simple. Yeah, yeah. I love my church. Yeah, but what are you doing to help support and grow your church. You see, we can talk a good game, but can we walk what we're talking? Can we do it? Can we live the life that Jesus is asking us to live? If Jesus is what you... A couple of suggestions. If Jesus is what you want to prioritize in your life, Number one, attend church consistently. Build a pattern of coming to church. Build a pattern of hearing more of Jesus. There has a come to a point in your life where, where the world has to step to the side so that Jesus can get in. We need more of Jesus. Listen, I need more of Jesus. And if I need more of Jesus, everyone needs more of Jesus. We can get engulfed in saying, you know what? This takes that, this takes that. So I'll give you, Jesus will come in at some point, right? But we've given so much to the world, so much to, to the rest of the, the other things that we have failed to prioritize. Jesus. We start by attending church consistently. Because when you get around like-hearted, like-minded believers, something begins to change in your spirit. Something begins to change in your heart. Number two, verbally encourage your faith community. Build other people up with your words and your actions. Show people that you love them. There's a saying back in a, You know, a few years ago, that says, What would Jesus do? And I would always say, Jesus would love. Jesus would love every single time. Jesus would love. So show some love, church, not just to your fellow congregants, fellow church members, but for people outside of the church. Lead with love. Number three, sign up to serve regularly. I love our volunteers here at church. I love that they come early and and begin to sweat it out to make Sunday outdoors happen. I love it. If you see the volunteers, thank them for what they do. But I believe that everyone in church should be serving. Everyone in church should be volunteering. Everyone in church has gifts and talents that should be implemented and used for the kingdom of God. And lastly, give God the first and the best of your money and your resources. Don't give God lint. Don't give God lint. Don't give God the back end of what's left over. Because I'm 100% sure God is not in the business of giving us leftovers. He gives us his best. And I'm not... No mathematician like the Romero's are. But to give God 10% and keep 90, I say that's a good thing. Here's the thing, church. You're still going to have moments where the little loves in your life will try to pull rank. They're going to try to punk you. They're going to try to bully you. They're going to try to puff themselves up and say, no, no, it's me first. I should take priority. They're going to try to pretend to be bigger than the rest of the things in in, in your love scale. And that's normal. It is. Right now, I have the urge for pizza. But I'm choosing Janelle over that pizza. Whatever you want, Janelle. She loves pizza too. But we don't have to bow down to the bullying. We don't have to give in to the, to, to the torment. Uh, the the thing. Keep your loves in proper order. Your fulfillment, your enjoyment, your peace, your love, your joy, your grace, your hope, and your future are depending on you prioritizing the things that matters most in your life. Amen? I hope you were encouraged. I hope that it kind of helps you realign a little bit the things in your home, in your family. Let Jesus be number one always. Let Jesus be the focus of your life. And I promise you, everything else will begin to fall in its place. Some of you have been serving Jesus for way more years than I have. But in the last 20 years, Jesus has done some incredible things in my life. And I'm not saying that Jesus has always been number one in my life. I'm just saying that when I have focused And allow Jesus and put Him at the very forefront. I've lived a good life. I've been blessed much. And right now, though things are, I struggle with some things. My goal is to continue to keep Jesus number one because I trust and believe in Him. I'm gonna love some things more than others. I'm going to trust that he has me. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we bless you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can sit here, stand here, or watch from home, Lord, and be already begin to feel our hearts aligning ourselves, my God. Trusting and believing, Lord, that you have called us to to let go of some things that we love in order to do some things that we love even more. So Lord, you, the number one purpose, our focus, number one focus, Lord, help us to create healthy patterns of living that bring you glory and honor to help us to love and serve those around us. To you be the glory and the honor. In your name we pray, amen and amen.